Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And gentlemen, welcome to the 3 0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up? Welcome back to the 3 0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode nine, and I'm your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say anything you'd like to the people. Anything I'd like to the people. Anything. I just did. <laughs> oh, we got a, uh, we got a funny like. guy today. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Yankees stave gonna... off uh, the division seal up by Boston for a day, and you think you can just say whatever you want on here. That's cool. Got to ride the hot hand. I don't know how much longer I have to be happy. Nate, Nate, Nate. I'm disappointed in you. But, you know, speaking of being disappointed, I know last week I mentioned that had some bad news. I was going to have to be leaving for the impending hurricane. Uh, But this week, I've got two items of good news. One of which being, I survived the hurricane, as evidence provided by the recording of this podcast. Second item of good news, I brought back my original Xbox from my house. And with it, I brought all of the Major League Baseball games that I own. Perfect. I'm sure. What you a remember, great call. I'm sure you remember some of those. I'm sure. Uh, in fact, we probably played a few of those together back in the little league days. Yeah. What year was the one with uh, that had Manny on the front? MVP 5 which is currently in the Xbox as we speak. Yeah, that was the one we played a lot for sure. And then I've also got Slugfest 06. I've perfect. We played that. I've even got some like weird Jeter game like don't say weird that's not fair. no it's it's very weird it's like mlb all-star something oh, yeah. like i had that 05. one five yeah and i think i, I had got that one. one. Oh, and of course the the goat uh ncaa baseball 2006 oh yeah which was some good those are some classics right there which one was your favorite uh unfortunately the one with manny on the front the mvp one Babe Ruth swinging a hot stick in that one. Yeah, that one was sweet. He was one of the legends in that game. What a great yeah. game. It's all gone downhill yeah. since then. The kids nowadays don't know what they're missing out on. They don't get it. The show is pretty sick, though. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty sick. That's on a different level, I think. I feel like they're doing well with that one. Well, I mean, yeah. It, the show, you can customize the color of the dude's shoelaces that he's wearing. I mean, it's, I mean you can do anything in this game. Kids are spoiled, let me tell you. It's crazy. So you want to, you want to hear a funny story about me today? What's that? So um, it's a little embarrassing. I'm going to say it's a little embarrassing. Um, I think I've been roped in by Starbucks. In what way? 
Like, I, I just gave it a shot the other day for the first time, like, ever. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had Starbucks before. Like, someone gives me a drink or, like, I've had a sip of someone else's. But I've never gone to Starbucks, sat in the drive-thru, and tried to decipher that menu before. All right, let's back up. You literally just made Starbucks sound like some type of illegal drug. I've only had it unless somebody like <laughs> gave me some of theirs or like I took is a sip not? of one. Yeah, I mean, is it not? Yeah, I, you're right. I, I can't really argue that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, like, no one knows how to read that thing. I, I don't know what that menu is. It's scary. I was getting all like, I was starting to sweat because there was a car behind me. I could tell the lady was impatient. And I'm like, I have no idea what's on this thing. No idea what any of the sizes are. That's funny you mention that because I was literally in there the other day with my girlfriend and I hadn't been in there in a while. And I looked at her and I was like, where's the menu? And she says, oh, they only have like featured products up at a time. Like the whole menu's not up there. And I'm thinking, what kind of place doesn't put up their entire menu? I It's because all all of the Starbucks, I mean, all the people that have been roped in and like, just brainwashed by Starbucks. Know their weird they know, little order. They know exactly like, what they want. Yeah, and that's I'll what take I, like a, that's what I thought. a venti soybean extra whip, no caramel, low fat. Two shots of chocolate syrup. Iced. Pump, pumpkin spice sprinkled on top. Pumpkin latte. Crap. Anyway, but I tried... Um, a frappuccino, a coffee frappuccino, just a regular OG coffee frappuccino. I don't need all the crap. I don't need whipped cream. Well, uh, if, delicious. If, if it's we're really talking, good. Yeah, that sounds good. If we're talking Starbucks drinks, my uh, my go-to for the longest time was vanilla bean frap, and then somebody told me I had to grow up and not get what was presumably a milkshake. And Yeah, that does sound like a milkshake for sure. And so then I switched to Java chip frap. And okay. that's, that's my go-to. So you have to give that a give that a run next time. You're I'll give there. that a shot. Uh, now that I feel the more I go there, the more confident I'll be in the drive-through. So I don't feel like I'm absolutely ruining the person behind me in their go. day. I did get a chorizo and egg sandwich though. That was whoa. That was good. Can't say I've had any of their food. I just stick to the drinks. That's what they're. Known that one's for. sneaky. That's a sneaky one. Try that one time. I'm, let me tell you. Might have to do that. Um, Christian Yelich, guy's a stud. Yeah, I bet he drinks Starbucks. Probably. Second cycle of the season on Monday. Both of them have put their name in the MVP discussion, and Yelich with a base hit with one away. On the ground, that is over the glove of Otto into right field. Grandison turns, heads to third. On his way to second, Yelich with a double. Now Christian Yelich, nobody out, runner at first. Yelich launches right field. Got a chance. This one is a home run. Here it is. Yelich knocks one to the gap in right center. This could be the one. Ah, he's going to be held to a double. He's trying for three. He's going to do it. Get out. He's in there. First player in Major League history to hit for two cycles against the same team in one season. <laughs> My question is, when I first read that, I thought that it said, I thought that it was saying first player in Major League history to hit two cycles in the same season. Has that, how many yeah. times has that been done before? I would say less than a handful. It's got to be less than a handful. Because 
Like we I said, just saw. I know we saw one a few years ago. I'm trying to think of who though. Because, like I said, the first time I read it, I, I guess I misread it because I thought it said first player in major league history to hit two cycles in the same season, and then I read it over again. It said against the same team in one season, which is obviously to me more difficult to do. But I had to step back and be like, well, how many times has this multi-cycle season happened before? That's got to be quite a feat to achieve. Did you figure it out, or are you just going to leave me hanging? I'm going to leave you hanging, because... Oh, man. We've talked about this before. The cycle just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I think it's dope. I think it's pretty cool. So, like, do you think this takes his his MVP status one notch higher because of this? I've... I've heard people speculate about that and maybe I'm way off on this because people tell me all the time that I'm just an idiot and have no idea what I'm talking about as I will allude to later in the episode. But I don't understand how a guy, I mean, you look at the cycle for what it is. Yes. Very impressive. But at the end of the day, it's a four hit game and I don't understand how a four hit game can improve. I mean, Obviously, it bumps up his average, bumps up other stats, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't understand how that bumps up his, his status for MVP. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Well, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Should we fill some people in on today's date in baseball history? September 19th. Roll with it. We're starting it uh, back in 1929, pre-Starbucks. Joe Sewell. Sets a major league record by playing his 115th game, 1-1-5, consecutive games without a strikeout. The Indians' third baseman will be fanned only four times in 578 at-bats in 1929. Absurd. That's crazy. I'm going to say that's pretty good. Yeah, that's just uh, out out of this world. That's That's a notch above mediocre. Just a little. Uh, 1955, Ernie Banks, in a 6-5 loss to the Cardinals, hits his fifth Grand Slam of the season to establish a new Major League mark, previously shared with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Two pretty cool names. Um, The Chicago infielder hit his granny off of a 19-year-old pitcher named Lindy McDaniel, who this poor guy was making his Major League debut. Brutal. Ernie Banks, man, that nuts. Yeah, five not, grand slams. That's not a bad guy to make your debut against, you know, or like a yeah. bad bad team to make your debut against. What I would say is, otherwise, no one else would be talking about Lindy McDaniel right now. So that is an outstanding point. Yeah. Uh, last one. Hate to say it, um, but Alex Rodriguez was pretty good before he started taking roids. Um, what year was this? Uh, 1998. Uh, the Mariners shortstop in a 5-3 loss at the Angels uh, to the Angels at Edison International Field. Hits his 40th home run of the season off of Jack, Jack McDowell, becoming the first infielder and third player in Major League history to have a 40 home run and a 40 stolen base season. Uh, Jose Canseco did it in 88. Barry Bonds did it in 96. Uh, and Alfonso Soriano later went on to do it in 2006. That's not bad. That's a pretty good group. 
Yeah, but then he started um, juicing. He got the thunder thighs, and then was never able to run again. Big time. I think J Lo likes those thunder thighs. Um, so that's a whole lot of guys that did roids. But uh, do you want to talk about some guys that don't do roids? I would like that. I would very much like not having to talk about a rod, maybe ever right. again. Fair, fair. I'm sorry to upset you. So one of our big topics this week is we're gonna do something all fun. Uh, Kyle and I chose three X Factor players that we think will make a mark this postseason. Um, I'm going to take three guys from the National League. And Kyle is going to take three guys from the American League. Um, but I guess you want me to start this off? You want me to take this one? You got it. All right. So my first guy um, is Ben Zobrist of the Chicago Cubs. Um, this dude is 39 years old, still doing it at a high level. He is slashing 314, 385, and 456 this year. Um, to me, he kind of, like, you know that that saying, like, if you hit well, we'll find a spot for you? He defines that. Like, he truly defines hitting well and will definitely find a spot for you somewhere in the field because he can play like seven positions right the dude does everything but pitch and catch he could probably pitch if you asked him to he probably could he probably could but i think he's an x-factor because you know he's already got two rings um and the dude just knows how to show out in the playoffs like i think uh you could be seeing some some pretty nasty stuff by ben zobers whether it's a diving play in the hole that's going to be one of the top plays in, in the fall or it's going to be some clutch three-run double something you're going to see something from ben zobrist and let's not fail to mention he's got a beautiful wife that can sing her heart out who uh the cubs actually asked her i'm sure you remember to sing the national anthem for a game or two in last year's postseason Dude's living the life. Did you see that picture of him riding the bike, riding his bike to the stadium in full uniform through the streets of Chicago the other day? I did see that. What Amazing. A, what a stand-up guy. This guy's a legend. I want to be friends with Ben. Me too. Me too. Okay, next one. My next guy is Matt Holiday. I'm hitting you with the with the oldies. The older dudes. Matt Holiday to me. Um, is going to be an X-factor for the Rockies. Whether that's with the division victory or the wild card victory, but I predict the Rockies will be in a long-term playoff spot. Um, but Matt Holiday is a cool story to me. You know, like, just crazy adversity that he's made it through this year. Um, you know, he played with the Yankees a little bit last year, and then no one invited him out to spring training for this year. The dude sat on his hands for like six months um, and then all of a sudden signed some minor league deal and he's just fought his way back to the big league roster. And he has, you know, um, I was in Denver for quite a while. Like he has brought that Rocktober is what they like to call it up there. Rocktober uh, vibe back to Colorado. Um you know, he was a part of that 07 team that ended up going to the World Series, that whole crazy run where... You remember, they, who, remember who won that World Series? I don't need to talk about that. Um, but the, you know, just 
whatever crazy stretch winning streak that they won in that year to go into the playoffs and make it in. Um, you know, that whole big tiebreaker game, I think that was with the Padres or something like that, where he tagged up from third, slid into home head first, cut up his face or whatever. The dude is just a winner. Um, I think he's going to do something good for the for the Rockies this fall. Like, I think you're going to see – he's not going to be in the starting lineup, in my opinion. But you're going to see some clutch pinch hit situation where he's going to do something big. Um, yeah, that's my second guy. Two old guys. I'm going to go with a little bit of a younger guy. Another guy that I'm actually not a huge fan of. I'm sure you're probably going to vote the same way, but I'll, I'll let you decide that one. Um, Yasiel Puig. Oh, the, pe- um, the people know how I feel about Yasiel Puig. I don't need to go into that. Dude drives me nuts. Like uh, I'm just, I'm not a huge fan at all. But has been hitting just taters this last week. Uh, what does he got? Like five home runs in two games at some point. Yeah, um, something like that. He's weird. He licks his bat. Bat flips doubles and like I don't know what else to say about throws his but, glove, throws his glove down in right field when he doesn't catch fly balls, you know yeah. just just run of the mill stuff stuff you see all the time. But he's like he's L A. You know what I'm saying? Like he just fits L A. It puts on a show. That's why I think him like, and Harper would have a great time roaming the outfield around out there in L A. Gross. Two guys I hate. Um, but it, you know, like he just he's weird. He does cool stuff for the fans i guess you could say um but he is a highlight reel when he wants to play hard and when he wants to do stuff you know the right way the dude is just i will say hustles like he moves you always see him you know stretching a double into a triple what what shouldn't be stretched and he finds a way to do it and he slides into third base head first and you know, he's making some crazy face in the camera. Like, the guy's just, uh, he's entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know I knocked the guy a bunch, but to be fair, I don't think we've heard much out of him in a negative sense uh, much this season, have we? I mean, I think he's... Nothing he's, yet. He's kind of I mean, quieted down, kept his head down a little bit, and just been playing. I feel like Dave Roberts likes him a little bit more than, than Don Mattingly did. Yeah, I also think Dave Roberts can relate a little bit better to these guys and understands yeah, a younger, what, younger what dude. buttons to push with, with Puig. So. Yeah, younger dude where Don Donnie baseball was kind of old school. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But, uh, yeah, that so that's my third guy. He I see him either hitting a bomb at some point where it's really clutch or he's going to make some, he does have a cannon from right field. Like he's going to make some type of throw. That's just going to be in a big situation. But those are, those are my three national league X factors. Well, rolling right into the American league. I was going to start with Boston, but I'm not going to pick an individual guy because realistically I just want to throw the entire bullpen into that and say that they're going to make a break this season. So no X factor for Boston as much as I wanted to talk about them. Um, (laughs) Actually going to go uh, across the division, talk about the Yankees a little bit. Hey, Um, Oh, I like this. Now you might have a little different of a take than me. Uh, I know we had talked about it briefly before we got on here. Um, But my guy 
uh, as an X factor for the Yankees is going to be CC Sabathia. Now Ooh. Sabathia seven and seven on the season. Um, I know we talk all the time. We're not big fans of the win loss record, um, but still, I think that's fairly reflective of how he's played this year. He's been relatively streaky. Um, has a three eight ERA. But the thing is, is he's 0-2 in three starts in September, and not one of those was over five innings. Um, but where I think he can help make a difference is, despite the fact he's been in a bit of a a slump on the mound lately, um, obviously has a great deal of veteran experience. 2018 is actually going to be his ninth year in the postseason, so he has a lot to pull from. And... Assuming that Boston is going to send David Price out on the mound tomorrow, seal the deal in the Bronx, win the division, that's going to send the Yankees to the wild card game. And we all know that that is a mental battle. Uh, and the team needs somebody who knows pressure. And I think that he's a guy that can can help do that, it can help provide that experience to the younger guys, especially these, these studs that you guys have over there. Um, but I like that. But I like the, that pick. But the question, I like yeah, I mean, the question is really that it's going to come down to is can he kind of corral a staff that's been much of a question mark for a good portion of the season, especially as of late. I mean, you, you don't really know who's going to be going in the wild card game, so you're going to need somebody who has the ability to kind of rally these guys heading into October. I'll be quick because I know I can ramble, obviously, about the Yankees. But um, I think you just you touched on some good stuff. Like the, he's a veteran presence. Um, but one thing I will shed some light on is that um, he's a big dude. He's a big man, and he's probably kind of getting tired a little bit. So I think you're going to see some extra rest. Um, and obviously, you know they space out games a little bit in the in the postseason, and then. So I think you're going to see him get back to playoff fired up CC at some point. Um, yeah, I, I I think he's going to be okay. But don't expect seven. You're not going to get seven and ten strikeouts from him. You're going to get five solid, say two or less runs, and he's going to give you a chance to win. But the dude is a presence, and he's he's obviously a leader because he's been through it so much. Yeah. And I, I think when I was kind of analyzing this as a potential X factor for the Yankees, I think my mind went more so kind of what you alluded to into whether or not he can channel that energy that he's shown us before. Not so much whether or not he'll be an X factor on the mound because that's hit or miss, but whether or not, like I said, he can he can be a spark for these guys, especially in a in a situation where many of the guys that that are playing for the Yankees haven't been in that situation, don't know how to, how to kind of keep a cool head about them. I think it'll just be a matter of whether or not he can successfully do that. Or if he's just at the point where he's, he's, his age is caught up to him and he just doesn't have the ability to do that. I think that'll be the determining factor. Um, Moving on, we're going to go across the coast. We're going to, hit on Oakland here for just a sec. Fernando Rodney. Ooh. 
kind of picked him similar or for similar reasons uh, as I picked CC for um, 2018 is going to be his fifth year in the postseason because at this point they're a lock for the wild card, so they're in. Um, but the problem is, is they're trying to push for home field. I think right now they're what like two and a half or so games back for the top wild card spot. Um, I think it's I think it's closer than that, isn't it? Well, I think it was two, but I New York won tonight, so I'm thinking it's depending upon what they did. It's probably like two and a half, three games. Um, two up. Yep, two. Is it two? Okay. So if they can't pull that out, they're going to have to play in the Bronx, which we all know come playoff time is just brutal. It's hostile. Um, and given the fact that the Yan- or the A's starting rotation has completely collapsed, not in terms of performance, but just in terms of overall health, yeah. um, this could potentially be a bullpen game for the A's. They might have to piece this together. And I'm thinking as we get closer to the wildcard game, that's what's going to happen. And so with their ace out and they're basically left with three starters right now, Cahill, Jackson, and Fires, all of whom, which I just found out the other day, uh, or I was reminded of, were not on the team to start the season, which I found interesting. So the three guys, yeah, that's wild. the three guys you're you're are considering your starters heading into October, were not with you at the start of the season, which kind of shows you how long these seasons can be and how much can change. Um, but nonetheless, with all that said, kind of again comparing him to Sabathia, he's had a little bit of a lackluster season, uh, especially as of late. His uh, ERA this to this point in September. Um, just in September is ten thirteen, which as a pitcher, n- not ideal. Um, so I'm not expecting much of him performance wise, but again, kind of pulling from his veteran experience um, again, with this being his fifth year in the postseason, he has something to pull from and the team kind of with their staff up in the air right now, they're going to need somebody to step up even more than they already are. Um, so for me, it's a matter of whether or not he can, if if Rodney can use the remainder of the regular season to kind of, if he could clean his act up on the mound, kind of figure something out heading into the wildcard game. Um, but if he can't do that, if he can use the remainder of the regular season to just put himself in a position to be the guy that gives his team a spark. Again, similar to Sabathia. I think they're in similar situations, um, been in the league for a long time. Um, so that's kind of where my thoughts are with Rodney, uh, sticking in the AL West Houston, a team really I've mentioned, I know I've talked about it on Twitter a little bit, a team that really just appears to have all the pieces of the puzzle in place right now. There's really no glaring holes with this team. Saw a stat, uh, earlier today that said that this year's club through 150 games has a winning percentage roughly 20 points higher than last year's club through 150 games, wow. which is wow. scary considering how good they were last year. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's better. 20 points higher in a winning percentage is a good sign. But the thing that impresses me most about that is not only are they statistically having a better year, 
to me, they're they're better prepared for this season, thanks to this division race they've been in. It's they they weren't coasted by this point last year. They had they had already clinched a division. Um, so the fact that they're playing important baseball right now to me is even more evidence that the, that they're fine heading into October. And we all know again, we know their pitching is is strong. They have the lowest team ERA in baseball uh, at three one two. They have the highest strikeout rate at 28.7%. Um, offense, there's no doubt surrounding their ability to score runs, produce uh, their defense. They have the best fielding percentage in Major League Baseball at 989. Um, but to me, the only potential question mark that could be presented by this team would be their bullpen. I mean, they've they've obviously bolstered that in the recent months with, with, with a few additions. Right. Um, but something that I, I actually didn't know that I, I found out recently, they actually have their, their uh, relievers have thrown the second fewest innings in major league baseball. And that's obviously, wow. that's obviously an ode to how well their starting pitching has been, but that right. should be cause for concern because they just haven't gotten the work in that these other teams have like the Indians and so that would be my question for the Astros. Um, so all that to say, long story short, my X factor for Houston would be Ryan Presley. He was brought to Houston earlier this season from uh, Minnesota, I believe, uh, right there around the deadline. He's helped bol- bolster the bullpen a little bit. He's a solid back-end guy. Um, and my guess is that the change in scenery – uh, had a positive effect on him because he's lowered his ERA to two six six uh, from three four zero before the trade. So making some changes there for the better. To you me, realize what you just did? What's that, Mister Shortstop? You just chose three pitchers as your X factors. I didn't even realize that until you just mentioned it. I was just so so into my stats when I was three pitchers. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, each of those teams I listed, offense isn't their greatest concern. So yeah, I'm not I'm not terribly worried about those teams needing somebody to step up at the plate. It's, I mean, as we all know, pitching is what wins championships, especially in these recent postseasons that we've seen, with just with the offenses that uh, have have stepped up. It's it's a war out there and these teams need their pitchers to step up any way they can. And I guess that's, I'm just surprised. That's, that's, what's, so. that's what's contributed to my selection of three pitchers. Yeah. Um, but with this Presley guy, my only question for him uh, or surrounding him is whether or not having no postseason experience will impact his performance. I mean, we've seen guys who have never been there. They just thrive. Some guys cave to the pressure. I guess we'll see with this guy. We'll see. Moving on, wrapping up this uh, X Factor conversation. A lot of stats thrown at thrown at these people. You and I both just throwing numbers at them. Um, <laughs> let's go to a little more of a a gut type segment, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, so David Wright recently announced that he's he's hanging them up here after playing in the team's. I believe final homestand, if I remember correctly. I think it's their last trip to City for 2018. Yep. Yep. Um, 
I think he said he's going to play one game with him and call it quits. And so he held a press conference recently, uh, basically just thanking all the people in the organization, his friends, his family. Some of my closest friendships have formed in that clubhouse and uh, will certainly um, you know, be, fr- be friends for life. <laughs> to the fans, <laughs> words can't express my gratitude and appreciation for always having my back. You've accepted me as one of your own, and that right there is a tremendous honor. I know it got you and I thinking about some of these older guys that we've been watching for almost a couple of decades now. Yeah, uh, close to it. Whether or not they're capable of of uh, making it to the Hall of Fame. So what's your take on, on Mr. Wright? Mr. Wright, I'm going to say no. No Hall of Fame. Um, 13 years, 13 unhealthy years. Um, and you, it's it's hard to hold that against a guy because, you know, just sometimes it's out of your control. Um, but, you know, a career 296 hitter, 242 home runs. Um, I think he's got a couple gold gloves. But to me, it's just I think he was he was a scary piece in the lineup for a few years. But that's about it for me. So I'm going to say no on the Hall of Fame. How about you? Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna side with you on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, injuries got the best of them. And the thing is, unfortunate is that these writers, as we all know, they can't vote based on what could have been. Like this guy was destined to yeah. have an awesome career, but it just didn't pan out. And I think everybody knows that. But the thing about him, though, is that even with the injuries, he did, as you kind of touched on, he did put up some pretty impressive numbers even having been plagued with just injury after injury what seemed like i mean he he put up some respectable numbers for a guy who rarely was at 100 or even 90 or 80 percent yeah you see for me it's like um you know i i wouldn't say the mets are they're not well it's new york so it's not small market you, if you put David Wright on a small market team and he has the exact same career, it's a definitely no, right? So I, I, I think it's it's kind of cool that he's a well known name in New York City, but for me, um, the only reason it's even broached as a subject is because it is from New York. So yeah, yeah. I'm an, yeah, I no go that for that. How about uh, who's the next guy we got? Uh, Joe Maurer. How do you feel about Joe Maurer? Another one that was kind of plagued by a little bit of injury stuff. Um, obviously, we don't see him behind the plate anymore, and that's how we grew up seeing him. Um, I'm going to say no on him, too, actually. Um, 15 years, only has 2,100 hits, a little over 2,100 hits uh, to his name. Only 143 home runs. Um, well, you, you say a, you say 2100 hits, but he is a career 306 hitter. You know, I was gonna say that. Um, I, I think I don't know. It's it's to me, it's just it's still a no. Like I think props to the guy for staying in the league and being able to switch the first base. Um, but to, yeah, it's just. 
it's 2100 hits just isn't it doesn't get you in now well i've got a little interesting tidbit for you that might change your mind or at least make you consider changing your mind mauer apparently uh was the 10th player who started at least half of his games as a catcher to collect 2,000 hits. Of the other nine, six of them are Hall of Famers, and that includes Pudge, Fisk, Yogi, Piazza, Carter, and Bench. Yeah, so you named guys for the most part that caught for majority of the year, majority of their career. I know Yogi played some left field, and I know Piazza played a little first base towards the end, but for the most part, those guys are known as catchers you talk to a kid now a 10 year old and you ask him do you know who joe mauer is and they say yes and you ask them hey what do you what do you think you know him as you don't know him as a catcher yeah you know you know him as an as a first baseman you primarily know him as some dude that's fairly big in stature and doesn't really hit you know a lot of home runs yeah yeah and and, i mean i get your point but Thankfully, we don't have 10-year-olds voting, although sometimes <laughs> although sometimes I think we feel that these writers are 10 years old based on yeah, the, their selections. Yeah, I agree. Um, are you a yes or a no? Let's, let's go to that. I'm going to say it'll take him it'll take him multiple years, but I think eventually he gets in. And I my belief wow. is my belief is that if he does get in, it will it'll be because the writers focus primarily on his career as a catcher and i'm not saying they disregarded his time at first base but i think they're going to look at kind of what he was able to do behind during his time behind the plate all right that's fair that's fair i'm glad we disagreed on one of them yeah i don't know what the other ones are so far but i think we're probably going to be pretty close how about uh everybody's favorite bartolo um so 21 years 247 wins uh you know he averages over his over his career he averages 211 innings per year that's pretty legit um but everyone's favorite guy everyone's funny you know fun loving goofy chubby helmet falling off his head guy uh people forget that he he used peds and he was caught on that list Back in uh, I think 2013. Good point. Um, and for me, that has to be a bigger deal, you know, just because he didn't come out and have that Alex Rodriguez press conference, if you will, of a big apology. Um, you know, he did his time, and then he came back, and that, and you know, it's been five years since then, and people, I, f- I feel like people have forgotten about it. But when it comes down to getting into the hall of fame sorry it's it's a no for me i'm pretty strict on it until you see the bigger name guys who did in fact use peds get in bartolo is not getting in can't really dispute that because like you just said unless other guys are getting in you can't even really entertain this but fast forward however many years honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he got in because i'm sure by that point as there is what seems like every other year, there's a new kind of opinion on the steroid era players and guys who just juiced at any point in their careers. 
not to say he's necessarily a quote unquote steroid era player as we would think of yeah. like a Maguire or somebody like that, but somebody right. who's juice nonetheless, use P or not juice, but use PEDs. Um, assuming there's a different kind of vibe surrounding that, I'm going to say, I won't say that he he'll get in, but pretty much as with anything he, this guy does, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Um, but at the same time, if he does get in, it should be assumed that he's going to be a bottom rung Hall of Fame pitcher. He's not going to be up there. I mean, if he does get in, at the end of the day, he's in. But to me, he doesn't rank nearly as high among just about any other pitcher in there. Yeah. Um, his numbers, well, think, his um, numbers to me just don't. Where is he from? Don't surprise me all that much in terms of is, like country. Is he Puerto Rican? Uh, I believe so. I know. I know that he just passed. I think he's the the most. You know, he's the winningest Puerto Rican pitcher, right? I think that's a cool feat, and I think um, you may see him in. I don't even know if it's a thing, but some type of Latin American Hall of Fame situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I just I people forget, man. They like they no, like the big he's, daddy uh, hacks. He's Dominican, Dominican. Dominican. Republic. I, I, don't, I think I he. Have done that. Is he? I think he's one of the most winning. I don't know if you can find that quickly, but I think he is. Yeah. No, uh, I, I remember. I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing that. I think, yeah, I think but, he is. Yeah, it's a hard one to keep in. All right. Um, next one. How do you most? Re- I know what uh, you're talking about set record for most wins by a Latin American pitcher, 246 bingo. on August 7th. Perfect. Of this, I'm year. good, man. Uh, so speaking of another Latin American guy, uh, I think we're both pretty easy ride on this one. Adrian Beltre. Yeah. I've got him as a first ballot guy, uh, 286 career average, 3,100 hits, 474 home runs, almost 1700 RBIs, OPS of 819, uh, five through, five gold gloves. Yeah, I was about too. to say running through his awards: four-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, four-time Silver Slugger, two-time Platinum Glove. So, beast to me, pretty easy. Yeah, he's he's a shoe in. I mean, it's it's not even worth really debating. He's in quick. Um, next dude who we already mentioned before, CC Big CC Sabathia, my guy X Factor. Um, he, to me, is a little unclear. He's got a win-loss record of 244 and 153. Uh, the average Hall of Famer has 251 wins, so he's he's knocking on that door. Uh, career ERA of 371. A stat to me that kind of stood out, which to me carries a little bit of weight. He's thrown 38 complete games. And in today's day and age with power hitting, power pitching, yeah, that's legit. To not be able to get knocked out that easily, that should be uh considered relatively noteworthy. Yeah, um, here's here's my big my big part is that um well, first of all, he's already said he wants to come back next year um if the Yankees will have him back. Unless uh-huh. I've heard that the Yankees win the World Series. Uh, so I've heard they're not getting past Oakland in the wild card game. Okay. So let's yeah, just yeah. Let's count on him being back in 2019. Yeah. 
Whatever. Um, but with that, he's less than 30 strikeouts away from 3,000. Yep. And I think that's a big, another big monumental one. So my vote is not first ballot, but yes, he will get in. Yeah, I would, in terms of guys we've already talked about, I'd I'd compare him with Maurer in terms of how I feel about him. I think it'll take, it might take him a little bit, but I think he eventually gets in. You know one guy that is a guaranteed shoe-in to get in? Does his name rhyme with war? Yes, Mike Trout, exactly. Bingo. So apparently he, uh, well, he didn't have any role in this, but apparently the Angels came out and expressed the fact that they're moving to lock him up for life. Not sure about the numbers or the money behind it or what that would even look like. I would imagine 400 plus million. I mean, we're talking about, as we hear day in and day out, the player of this generation. I mean, you got Stanton making, what was that, $325 million in Miami. Yep. I'd be willing, if I were a GM or whoever decides the financials, I would be willing to throw $400 million at Trout, considering what he's done, what he's going to do. But in terms of what the Angels are trying to kind of convey what the message they're trying to convey to their fans here. I don't, I don't really know what to think about it. And if I'm Mike Trout, I'm getting out of there as soon as I can. Agreed. Because I actually put up an Instagram post uh, a few days ago, um, basically just a screenshot of a tweet, basically saying that the angels were expected to offer Trout a lifetime contract, yada, yada, yada. And so I just put up put that up as a as a post with the caption basically talking like I was the Angels saying uh you know we're not going to give you any supporting cast or make it clear to our fan base that winning is our ultimate goal but we want you to stick around for the long haul what do you say and people just had a field day with it I had a number of people on there that agreed with me there's a few in particular that were ripping me apart saying didn't know what I was talking about when I feel like i'm not the only one who feels that way um, yeah where this isn't this isn't crazy like i saw i did see one comment that talked about how they the angels added kinsler and signed otani oh you don't even want to get me started on that guy and um, you know it's sorry i mean good for you on getting the otani deal but kinsler is not a, a playoff peace in my opinion you know what i mean yeah like we're seeing we're seeing brandon phillips in his role for the red sox right now so don't and then zach cozart was his other comp are you, you got to be kidding me yeah he's, These really, are he's your... really tearing it up he was batting uh 219 through 60 games this year he was i, I see what so, he's saying i mean i i understand I had, it but those are not the right names i mean if i had Otani a guy Tony's the only one if i had a guy to build my franchise around Cozart's probably up there top three. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Batting 219 through 60 games, you don't see that every day. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just want to apologize to the guy that threw his name out there because upon further reflection, he's absolutely right. Come on, man. Like, a dynasty. What, who are you naming? I don't understand. Not to mention Ian Kinsler understand. plays for Boston right now. So, 
Yeah, the argument sucks. Yeah, but anyway, what else? What else wanna, did you hear out there? Well, yeah, I was about to run through a couple of the comments that I that I liked. Not necessarily that I liked. Not all these were stuff that I agreed with, but I just thought they were they were funny. Some of the comments I saw in there uh, were, if that happens, he's gonna have so much fun finishing his career with zero rings. Uh, the one that you already mentioned, this guy said, because signing Shohei Otani, Justin Upton, Zach Cozart, and trading for Ian Kinsler in one offseason is what teams that don't want to win do, right? Okay. <laughs> teach, teach their own, I suppose. Uh, another one, for the sake of his career, I really hope he does not resign with his dumpster fire of a franchise. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. This was probably my favorite. There's a comment on there that said, I'm going to get you out of there, Mike. We're going to go somewhere nice. Atlanta or Philly, you can pick. I'm not letting you waste <laughs> your entire career. That Trout needs to track that guy down and sign, lock him up as his agent. Sounds like that guy is yeah, really for real. looking out for his, his best interest. Here's one that had a sad reality to it. Trout, the most talented five-tool player to ever run, into a, run onto a diamond and will probably never have a postseason at bat. If he sticks with LA, Ooh. that's probably a, a sad reality. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, like they're still they're still paying they're they're still paying pool holes for the next three years. I feel like they're paying him for the next like fifty. He's just yeah. he's he's and been sticking around too long. He's gonna be pulling in thirty million dollars at the age of forty one. That's unbelievable. Where's um, where else is this money coming from? A couple couple more here. One of them we got a guy already picking out his next location. Got a guy saying he's coming home to Philly. Mark my words. Um, this one, uh, had a little thought put into it, which I liked, uh, trout's by far the most humble player in baseball. He deserves a chance to play for a team that wins, uh, but not an overpowered team, like maybe a boost for a number two team, like the brewers or even maybe the athletics. Uh, but the salary cap might be a problem for some of those teams. So even maybe some lower class teams like the Marlins or Tigers to speed up their rebuilding process. Some good thought there. Interesting. Um, definitely an but interesting I, take. I don't see that's too small a market for me. Like you can't go from LA to a, a Marlins team. Like at least the Angels are mid tier. Yeah. You can't go bottom of the barrel under you know a ton of crap. Like you can't just. I mean, my, my take on it is, is if they can find, if one of those teams, like, like this person mentioned, like the Brewers or the A's, if they can find the money to, to make it happen, I mean, they're right there on the cusp now. We're seeing it this year. I mean, they're right there. So if they can, if they can lock down a guy like this somehow, some way, then they're set. They've got, I mean, what more do you need at that point? I think the Marlins suck it up for another few years before you start seeing some some talent just kind of homegrown talent just kind of grow out of there. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think like that's I think Jeter that's the way Jeter came up, and that's the way he's gonna run the Marlins organization. I think if the fans down there can be patient with him, I think yeah. I think he's on track to just. Yeah, I feel like it's all behind closed doors too. Like I, I feel like he's not really letting on too much to what he's doing, and I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people in the years to come. I agree. Um, you won't see you won't see a big free agent signing until they are on the brink of playoffs with their current group of young guys. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, but bringing it back to the trout for this last one, 
they said he would be dumb to accept this offer and not elect free agency. He'll never win a World Series there. I would agree with that. I don't see the Angels even sniffing the World Series because they can't even make it out of their division. Nonetheless, like I said on the Instagram post, they can't even begin to think about competing with teams like Boston, Houston, Cleveland in the playoffs right now. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. All right. Well, let me ask you this. I got one question for you. Whether he is in L.A., whether he's in you know, Philly, New York, or whether he's playing QB for the Eagles because uh, Carson Wentz can't get healthy. Cough, cough, my fantasy team sucks. If he's in any of those cities, how would you go buy tickets to see him? Well, Nate, I'm glad you asked me because I've got an answer for you. And that is SeatGeek. Do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even easier and better for you to find it if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. And our promo code DTD at checkout. Bringing it back to Trout... Just to kind of close that whole deal up, that was my unpopular opinion this week. I don't have anything new in terms of an unpopular opinion. My unpopular opinion is that Mike Trout needs to leave L.A. and he needs to do it fast. We got some DMs. DMs. We're gonna. I'm, we, we should make like a little chime, like a little song that we add in. Little jingle. DMs. Okay. I, I uh, yeah, you should be good. Champs Webster, Chance Webster off Twitter. Uh, will Portland, Oregon, get an MLB team? Should they? I can't say that I have an answer for you on this. I would like to see them. I'm all for expansion. I know I've talked on here a number of times about how I'm a traditionalist in certain regards but in terms of expansion i'm all for it like i I mean granted i know i know dc had existed before they went to montreal but i I saw what it did when when baseball came back to dc because i was living up there i I saw it all happen and i I saw what it can do for the city especially if they they eventually start playing well so i mean who's to say if they'll end up with with a team like I said, I I think that'd be awesome. I'm all for adding teams. I think the one thing that you have to keep in mind with that is if you start getting into expansion, then it shuffles up the the postseason picture a little bit. You might have to start altering divisions to to make that work. You might even have to start switching the leagues up a little bit in terms of who's in what league. Just yeah, we don't need to see the Astros back in the NL. Yeah, it's oh, that would be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't me, know. Uh, I think um, personally, I think the next city that you'll see a baseball team in that isn't one of our current cities will be Vegas. That's my that's my prediction. You think so? 
Yeah, with the Raiders going there, uh, the NHL just added a team there in the Knights. I think the NBA and the MLB will be the next two to follow suit in Vegas. That's uh, that's my bold pick. It's a good thought. Not to mention the Knights tore it up this last, or I guess their first year. Yeah, seriously. Stanley Cup Finals. So, um, the Raiders definitely won't tear it up when they get to Vegas, just saying. But it'll be, I mean, why not, right? Like, it's a fun city, I guess. So I've heard it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one. Bryce Moore on Instagram. We talked about this earlier, but do you think Yelich will win an LMVP? I don't know. I mean, he's been tearing it up as we talked about. He's hitting like over 350 since the All Star break. Uh, I think on the season, he's right around 318, 320, somewhere in there. Um, he's got what 31 home runs 93 rbis uh ops of 955 i mean not to mention just a total surge in the second half i know we've talked about matt carpenter early on the show earlier a few weeks ago holy smokes but i mean that guy's taking a dip huh yeah i mean i think at this point i don't know who else you'd go with um yeah, it's Javi Baez for me. You still I know I talked to I want Arenado. I would vote in Arenado, but I think uh, Javi Baez will win it. Most impactful, exciting player on the best team in the NL. That's fair, but if you're going to go in terms of who's impacting teams that are playing well right now, I mean, you have to take into consideration that the Brewers are making a push of their own. Um, not to take anything away from the Cubs, but I mean, the Brewers are hanging in there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to think that he's played a a central role in that would not be far-fetched at all, and I think that'll have an impact on his votes. So, Guess we'll see. Only time will tell. Anything can happen in baseball. All right. Uh, that about does it for us. Wrapping up what we talked about, uh, starting from the top. Guys have struck out more times in a single game than Joe Sewell did in all of 1929. In 1955, Ernie Banks shattered both a major league record and a 19-year-old's confidence. In 1998, Alex Rodriguez, a future juicer, joined fellow juicers Jose Canseco and Barry Bonds as the only members of the 4040 club. Shout out Alfonso Soriano, who would ultimately join them in 2006. Um, in a season that is projecting an exceptionally talented postseason bracket, X factors will inevitably be huge. Huge, huge, huge. We should all be pissed at David Wright's body for not letting him be better. Mike Trout needs to get as far away from LA as he can, as soon as he can, in pursuit of the most lucrative deal that he can. That's what we talked about. I'm going to flip it over to you, as always, for what they're not talking about. This one's pretty quick, guys. Um, nothing crazy going on, but uh, I think some cool stuff. So uh, the Marlins man, I'm sure everyone has watched some big game at some point, and you've seen this dude in like the second or third row right behind home plate wearing a bright orange Marlins jersey with a bright orange Marlins visor. Um, his name is Lawrence Levy, 
And uh, the cool thing about him recently is that he just signed a one-day contract with the Miami Marlins. Um, so not only is he wearing obnoxious colors as a fan, he wore obnoxious colors as a player for a day. Uh, next one, AAA affiliates um, are all on the move. We're seeing AAA teams moving all over the place. Um, this is kind of weird. I don't know why, honestly, this is a thing, but it is. Um, the Mets, their AAA team uh, will now be in Syracuse, New York, a little bit closer from the previous location of Las Vegas. Um, but they'll be in Syracuse taking over where the Nationals AAA team was. Next one is the Rangers. They'll be the Nashville Sounds now, uh, which used to be the Oakland A's AAA team. And the A's are now moving to Las Vegas to be the Las Vegas 51s. Uh, Nationals are moving to Fresno. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Brewers will now be posted up in San Antonio as the missions. Uh, and the Astros are now in Round Rock. Uh, so things shaking up in the minor league world. Um, this one and my last one, awesome story. Kyle, I'm sure you're going to be posting uh, this girl's story at some point. Um, so if you haven't heard, please listen to this now and please read about it later because this is really cool. Um, little girl named Haley Dawson. Uh, she was born with Poland syndrome, uh, which causes some abnormalities uh, in some growths. Um, and she was actually born with missing fingers on her right hand. Um, and so what had happened was, uh, she's a little girl who loves baseball. Um, and she ended up getting to throw a first pitch at Camden Yards last year, uh, for the Orioles. And that's kind of how her little journey began. Um, the reason she is, uh, one of our topics tonight is because she just finished throwing a first pitch at all 30 stadiums, uh, with the angels a few days ago. Um, her awesome, just sweetheart of a kid that um apparently her family kind of did some some research and kind of made some moves with uh unlv who helped create a 3d printed prosthetic hand for her and so when you look up her story and you read her article you're going to see 30 different logoed prosthetic hands that she gets to throw her first pitch out with um just a, a super great story. Apparently, uh, United Airlines heard about this story and ended up paying all of her for all of her flights to to go all the the different stadiums and get to do this. So, just a, a cool little tidbit to end our day. Um, and like I said, please go read about her. It's uh, it's a really cool, heartwarming story. But that is it for me, brother. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys next Wednesday. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it, and be sure to leave that review. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball next week. We're getting closer to October. Until next time, fam, stay filthy. Don't count me in on sand. You f***ing luck. You understand?